Welcome back to Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, first of 2014. I'm Rugby Reg. This is episode 135, and we've got an all-star cast for you for the first podcast of the season, as you'd expect. We're going to look at look ahead at the season. Ahead of us, we've jumped straight into round two of Super Rugby. We're going to put round one behind us. It was only those South Africans. We're going to concentrate on the Aussies. But with us today, we've got a bit of an all-star cast. Let's start with Matt. We've got Matt Gagger there. How are you going, Matt? Good, mate. It's good to be back, although it kind of feels like we never stopped. It wasn't too long ago, was it? No, no, it's been about a three-year gap for me, but I think a couple of week break for you, so it's good to be back. Yeah. Well, you're sounding pumped at least. Yeah, I am, mate. Loving it. Uh, Sully, we've got Sully up here in Queensland, mate. How are you going, Shane? Yeah, I'm going fantastic, mate. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, love to have you. We've got Steve down there in Brumbyland, Canberra, capital of this country. How are you going, Steve? Pretty good, thanks. And how are you? Going well, mate. Hugh, drinking his lattes. What's yeah. happening, mate? In Sydney's glorious eastern suburbs. Welcome back, Reg. Lovely to have you back. And uh, good to have you for the first podcast in what we're going to call the Year of the Waratah. <laughs> <laughs> the Royal We there, obviously. Uh, <laughs> making his uh, run on debut today, we've got Ben over from Perth, mate. That great to join us over from uh, the out west. How are you over there? Oh, it's hot, boys. How are we going? <laughs> Excellent, mate. Great to have a bit of force on the board. Get, get rid of this Eastern Coast, East Coast bias. <laughs> but before we do, let's add a little bit more to it. Before we do get rid of that East Coast bias, let's add a little bit more by bringing Stu in from the Rebels, mate. Stu, how are you going down in Melbourne? Uh, I'm on a buy this week, guys, so um, I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it. Not only are you on a buy, but you're on a three-match winning streak. So I know. Uh... Um, I don't want to say the lid's off, but um, we're, we're, trying to, we're getting quotes on... Uh, on a trophy cabinet, as we speak, um, uh, all the all the best premierships are won in February. We all know that. <laughs> I have heard the word dynasty being floated around. By dynasty, um, you know, we're we've uh, ascended the likes of the Waratahs, Reds. We're going for the biggest clubs in the world. We want to be the Barcelona of Super Rugby. Um, well, we'll we'll see if we can get a win on the road first, but that's that's the main goal. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, let's jump back straight back into it, guys. We're going to have a look at the um, the season ahead, but we'll start, we're going to start by looking back and, and look at some of that trial form. And why don't we start straight with you, Stu? We mentioned it. The Rebels, three from three, was it, uh, on the trials? Well, what yeah, did we learn uh, from that? We have been uh, undefeated since July 1, 2013, I believe the stat is. Um, so that's around 200-something days. So that, that's got to be a record or something. But it is 3-0 three, three and o for the Rebels in, uh, in 2014. They started off with a very close win with the Warat- against the Waratahs up in Albury um, in the Battle of the Border. And it's a very interesting game. The, uh, the Waratahs got off to a, uh, a pretty strong start. But then the Rebels sharing the ball around five try scorers in a 33 to 28 win uh, kept the task scoreless for almost a half. So I think Peter Beetham uh, ruined the shutout in the second half with a uh, a try on the buzzer. 
So it was very impressive cool. stuff. Impressive stuff there from a defensive effort there, Stu. There's obviously a bit of an issue for the Rebs in the past, but I know the Tars, I think, were down to 14 men at some stage in that game, but still you can't take away from that defensive effort. Oh, they were, and um, uh, yeah, you have to uh, keep in mind the conditions here. I'm not surprised the Tars went down to 14 men because it was uh, 40 degrees in the shade up in Albury, and um, all the teams had the... Uh, uh, both the teams had a, a very, very hard task in front of them. They were dropping like flies towards the end of it. Um, but Tony McGahn, the new coach at the Rebels, has put a um, uh, put a very, very big focus on defence this year and you can tell uh, with the Rebels' effort, especially in the forwards. Um, That's right. So the second, uh, the second trial match uh, down at Simmons Stadium in Geelong was a brilliant match. I went down to go and see it. A 24-22 win against the Hurricanes. Um, a very, very end-to-end match, this one. Uh, the Rebels won despite having the minority of possession for most of the game. Uh, but both tries that the Rebels scored were from forwards off phase play, which is very, very rare for the Rebels. Uh, so again, highlighting the work that Tony McGahn's done with the forward pack. But the... Uh, the cardinal sin for the Rebels came to the fore again with the defence. They were forced back very deep for most of the game. So any time the Hurricanes made a run, they were almost guaranteed to get it inside the Rebels' final five metres. But the uh, positive was, once they got it there, the defence was very good. So they're almost there. You can see the progress That's for great. the Rebels in, in, um, in defence. And then the final win, uh, Sully, was a... 18-13 win against the Reds up in Ballymore. Kept the Reds scoreless for three halves, or three quarters, sorry, three halves. Um, but started, again, with the defence, started at 0-13. Um, zero so the, the Reds got out to a 13-point lead before the, uh, the Rebels pegged it back over the last three quarters. Yeah, but, I- I- impressive stuff. So in reality, three wins in the road, mate. You'll take those. I'll take that, yeah, any day of the week. All right, well, we're going to come back to the Rebs. Let's jump. Sorry, Gag, did you want something there, mate? No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, we talked to Tony McGann just at the end of last uh, year, and I think he was sort of saying he's not one for mixing up game plans. He wanted to make a very distinct style for the Rebels. Would you say that you've seen that, Stu, in in these three games already? Oh, definitely, and you can tell um, by the way that they approached each game. Mm. Um. They very rarely went for for kicks. They were looking to get a game plan in. So it became less about the result and more about um, trying to to foster that game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a, a big factor of that this year will be the forward play. Right. So um, Tony McGahn's got a big emphasis on that. Uh, it paid dividends in Geelong, but it's still a bit rusty. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's where the Rebels are going to try and um, get their results. And when you, um, uh, when you see the, the Rebels leadership team in uh, the next couple of days, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of forwards in there because that is where the, the emphasis on the team is going to be. The forwards are going to be... Are going to be I know, I'm, I'm very happy, happy with it as well as a former member of the Front Rowers Union. <laughs> but... Um, 
that is that's the uh, the emphasis that Tony has on his game plan is that it is going to be forward driven. Um, that's not to oversell, to uh, to undersell the backs, but it, it definitely seems like it's very phased, very patient, uh, and very um, very defence oriented. Munster comes to Victoria. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, quick question, Stu. Uh, who's going to play ten? Because it doesn't seem to be a class option there. Uh, who do you think will start at ten? I was thinking about this, and I think um, Bryce Hegarty has been sold pretty short over the um, uh, over the end of last year, uh, and as we warm up to season two thousand and fourteen, I think he's uh, as close to a lock as you can get. Um, and I'm probably putting the moz on him right now. He'll probably get injured next week. Um, but he has played very, very well in the uh, in the trial matches. He and Luke Burgess have got a pretty good partnership co- um, coming up. So they seem to read each other very well. I think he'll start. Um, but there's uh, there's plenty of options there for the Rebels. You've got young Jack Debrisseni, um, who has uh, foregone pretty much every other professional league to come play for the Rebels. Um, I think he's being groomed for that position. But for round three, I think uh, Bryce Hegarty will be running on in the number 10. Well, Hugh, let's stick with you, mate. The, the Rebels took your tar boys down in that first trial. Uh, what's happened since that game, mate? Well, since that uh, setback, I'm not sure if you can call it a setback, really. I mean... In those early season games, you know, high-scoring, close game, it was 45 degrees, and I wasn't there, but I, I imagine the refereeing was horribly biased in favour of the Rebels. Um, it was in New South Wales. We gave you the game. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, um, we have had two quick trials after that one. I think we, we uh, played the Blues in the Sydney Football Stadium, um, which results in a pretty good win to the Tars, about 35 to 16 from memory. That might not have been the score, but it was close enough. Um, where it was a really good quality match, actually, a good trial match where both teams sort of uh, kept the ball in hand a lot. And uh, the Waratahs' potent backline was was allowed to flourish with um, the uh, star discovery being that winger Alofa Alofa who has been picked to start this week against the Force and he's he's certainly the one to watch uh former league former union player turned league player turned back to union again um then last week we had a hang on, Hugh, game... hang, Hugh, hang on you didn't quite finish the update on that you didn't want to mention the trial well the what what they're calling not only the trial of the season but the trial of the decade uh, is what I've heard it referred to, <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, actually has broken all of our records, incidentally, on Green and Gold Rugby's Facebook page. A lot of shares, even a couple of the members of the backline movement have managed to comment on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a superb try, actually. If you, if you get a chance, you should look it up and see if you can see it, which uh, was a, a, lo- a lovely backline move finished by a loafer, a loafer with some good uh, interplay by the backs. But can I, add, can I add to you, sorry, and in these trial matches where you expect the handling to be a little bit off, the lines not to be quite bang on, it was a remarkable try. It was a try that you would expect to be towards the end of the season. It was um, a fantastic piece of play by the Tars there. Yeah, exactly, and and it's they're the things you're looking for in trial games. I think, you know, you can read into the scores and who did what and who scored the tries, but 
I think it's it's those intangibles that you're looking for, whether the back line seems to be moving as a unit, whether the forwards, whether the set pieces are working. And I think that's probably what you could say about the Waratahs is they probably have ticked the boxes in the trials that they need to. They knocked off the Highlanders by three points in Newcastle last week. Um, I wasn't there, but the reports were that it was a, a, in a light drizzle, so the, the handling wasn't brilliant, but the set piece worked well. Uh, the defence is fairly solid. And look, it seems like the Waratahs, I think, this season have no excuses. That's that, that'll be my summary of the preseason. They've made some good signings. Everyone's fit, with the exception of Mitchell Chapman, who's been knocked out for the season with a hamstring injury. But uh, everyone's on deck and, and on paper. that you know This, this team they've named for the fourth game uh, looks, looks a real belter. So, uh, yeah, so I think, I think this is going to be the year, Reg. I can say that with confidence that I've never had before. <laughs> if I can speak on behalf of the rest of Australia, we're pleased that this is the year you don't have any yeah. excuses because <laughs> we're pretty sure there's a few of those in a row there. Well, we generally, we generally like to get the excuses in early, you know, whether the weather's a little bit dodgy or, you know, normally by now Tatafu's done a hamstring, Rob Horn's broken his elbow and Wycliffe Palu's broken his back. So I think we're ahead of the game so far. You are. But um, just talking about that try of the try of the century, um, the just just remember this is a Waratahs team, which I don't know how many seasons ago was it we had um, you know uh, Tommy Carter and, and Benny Jacobs in the centre, and if you watch that try, it was it was pretty electrifying stuff. So I, I, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Tars this season. I think it, it's quite a different different team. Whether it can gel enough to really threaten will be interesting. Absolutely. Um, we're going to move up to Brisbane and uh, speak to Sully, who uh, is going to talk us through the Redstones. I know... Whoa, Shane, you were there at back to Ballymore on Friday night. Did you make it up to Toowoomba as well? Mate, uh, my daughter managed to spread her wedding out over both trial matches, so I didn't get to see a trial this year. But uh, I sent the spies out and got a bit of information back. Uh, Toowoomba... I don't know, Reg, did you get up to Toowoomba? I didn't get to Toowoomba, mate. Yeah, Toowoomba was supposed to be a very good game. Uh, took on the Chiefs. Um, Mike Harris apparently had a standout. Uh, again, the, 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 it seemed to be typical Red stuff. The forwards working as a unit and the back line just quick ball out the backs all night. But uh, that's about all I can tell you, mate. Yeah, so the story, that pretty much captured it. So we beat the Chiefs. Um, and am I meant to be impartial here? Queensland beat the Chiefs. Um, Aidan Tour, I guess, was the other story of the night. Aidan, yes. who's a, a young player, electrifying fullback, who's um, come through the system well and, and played a lot of junior representative football, has had a very injury-plagued few seasons. The rest, I think, is Reds. I think he's been around for four or five years and played four games, only one of those in his preferred position at fullback. Um, was featured in a number of uh, uh, long line breaks and runs and set up the first try to that great Queensland Red, Lockie Turner. Um, so a lot of hope for Aiden this year, and, and, and I would suggest he'll be the front runner for the 15 jersey for the Reds going forward. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think he's definitely in the front running. Uh, the other guy who might be an outside chance, and I don't think he's there yet, but uh, JJ uh, Tuolagi. Yep. Um, yeah, it's another good fullback. But, I mean, Aiden pulled up sore after the uh, the trial in Toowoomba, so you have to worry about those hamstrings. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so you mentioned JJ. He was a bit of a star when he came on the field in the uh, back-to-Ballymore game versus the Mighty Rebels. 
Yeah, this, the stories I'm getting out of the Ballymore game is it was just a shocker. Um, the Reds were horrible. The Rebels weren't quite as horrible, basically. Um, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you should take it. Um, again, Mike Harris apparently had a good game. Um, the other person I heard about out of that night was uh, Andrew Reddy, the hooker in the for the um, Reds A side against the Barbarians. He he was supposed to be a very big talent and uh, a good chance of uh, going a lot further in the game. Well, good uh, to hear those club players coming through the system there. Yeah. Aiden Tour again. I mean, wasn't supposed to play. Pulled on the 23 in the last last moment and came out and had a pretty good second half. Um, what else can I say? Curtis Browning, um, by all accounts, was very workmanlike. Uh, just what the Reds need, another workmanlike back rower. Back rower, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess the big story coming out of that game was, oh, other than the Rebels' win, sorry, Stu, was um, Quaid <laughs> being stretched off with uh, almost seconds to go in the game, um, which caused a, you know, a, I think a, a 4.3 on the Richter scale up here in Brisbane when it hit the Twitter sphere. So, um, but by all reports today, he's been uh, declared fit and and eligible for selection, so it's now just up to Richard to see whether he'll actually get selected, which will be interesting. I was I was following the game on Twitter, and that when that tweet came over, I um, I nearly dropped my Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that says something. Yes. It was almost a day of mourning in Queensland. <laughs> yes. All right, yes. Sully, I appreciate that, mate. So our opponents this weekend, and we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, are the Brumbies, uh, conference winners last year. Steve, do you want to talk us through their preseason? Yeah, the Brumbies have played three trial matches. Um, they've, they've only played one other Super Rugby team, and that was the Highlanders in a trial over in Queenstown. And they came up uh, short there, 15-11 to the Highlanders. Um, Highlanders apparently kicked five penalties uh, in that match. So the, it could be the... Uh, Penalties that the, the Brumbies need to keep an eye on again this year. Uh, but in that match, they didn't play any of their Wallabies contingent. So um, a lot of the new guys in the squad were given a, a fair chance to impress the new coaching structure of uh, Steve Larkham and Laurie Fisher. And the other two trials they've played uh, were basically against an ACT 15. So uh, the squad members on the Brumbies who weren't in the main team and uh, a mixture of um, local club, club players. Uh, the first trial was a bit of a blowout there, uh, 67-0, I think it ended up. But um, the for a period there, the score was held at 24-0 and only really blew out towards the end. And that match was played in 38-degree um, heat. So you can understand why some, towards the end it sort of blew out again. And uh, again, just last week, they played the same team again, uh, just with a, a more uh, set team. Uh, I guess they were sort of umming and ahhing about who to play where. There's a few positions still up for grabs uh, for this week's game. Um, so they just um, gave the, probably the first 15, either 60 or 80 minutes to get through that one. And that one ended up, uh, I believe it was 38-7. And, and for a, a long period, there was actually seven all. And it took a bit of a rock from Bernie Larkham to get them to play to their full potential. Excellent sight. Uh, my, my one question, and from the trial form, if you've seen it and, and looking into this weekend, you've lost Big Photo, uh, your barnstorming number eight. 
um, for injury for, is it 12 weeks or 8 to 12 weeks, something like that? Yeah, uh, I think it's his right medial in his knee. Um, so 10, between 10 and 12 weeks, which is a yeah, big right. shame for him because apparently he came back to uh, pre-season training a, a fair fair bit overweight and uh, he worked worked really hard to, to get down to uh, a good weight and even made the leadership side, which was which was good to see for him. But it's a re- it's a real shame that it's happened you know, two weeks before the season starts. Then he won't be back, like I said, between ten and twelve weeks. And what's your feeling on his ready replacement? What do you think the shape of that back row is going to be? Obviously, Moen and Pocock are givens. What's who's the number three? Um, well, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, Scott Scott Fardy can play uh, at six, or he may even yep. play in the second row. So. Um, in that second trial, uh, I think Ben Moen was playing at six and eight. So there is the potential for the Brumbies to use the, the guy we stole from Queensland, uh, Jared Butler, who uh, played quite well in the, in the trials. Um, he only got maybe a half in the first trial, and he seemed pretty good. Good, good, good hands for a back rower. Yeah, he's a good, very talented little player. He played excellent club footy towards the end of last season, um, was obviously crowned. Uh, they got the Spirit of the Reds award. I don't know what that means when he then ups and leaves to go to another <laughs> club. But he's um, he's what it does mean is he, he he's a great team man and does get involved in the community. He's a, he's a real asset. He'll be a real asset to the Brumbies and sad to see him leave. So I was, I was just going to ask a quick question. And Reg, are you clicking a pen by any chance? No, not anymore. <laughs> um, so BJ, this this trial thing where you play um, the leftovers in ACT for a couple of what's the story there? I mean, everyone else is out there, you know, putting on decent shows. What's the what's the whole thinking there? I'm not too sure about that one actually, because the last couple of years the Brumbies have played at least one trial, which has been away. Uh, they had a deal with the Northern Territory government to play up there, and they've played the Force and the Reds in previous years. And um, which is, and it wouldn't surprise me if the other teams don't want to travel too far because getting to Sydney from is not too bad. But then you've got that extra travel to come down to Canberra, so uh, maybe they don't want to play, which is fair enough. Uh, I think the last um, other team to play was the Hurricanes, and that was maybe three or four years ago. So the pre-seasons have been, I guess, some might look at it as a not a real tough hit out, mm. but um, you know, last year seemed to work okay for them. Mm. All right. Well, let's talk about trials because the one team that has had, dare I say, an unusual build-up is your team, Ben, over there in the West. Talk us through what you guys have been up to over there. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we've continued on from our winning form last year with our hard-fought win over the Brumbies to finish the year off with a 21-15 win. We've continued on. We, we played, uh, played the two trials this year. We've had a, a hard-fought win over Samoa 8 in, uh, in Rockingham, just getting over the line 68-3, to three. Uh, so which was a... Yes, thank you. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a tough night in, the, you know, in Rockingham. It was ga- blowing a gale all night, and the Hartlet Force were up 19-3 at half-time, and, and I think uh, the Samoans just ran out, of, ran out of puff in the last sort of 20, 30 minutes in the last half, and and the force just managed to get a few tries and, and, and get the win. The Badger Badger was in the corner and, and Morahan, the new recruit, bagged double. Uh, and then they continued on last week, so they're on a bit of a roll here. On Friday night, we versed uh, Pampas 15, which is an Argentinian uh, invitational side, I believe. Uh, it was made up of about 19 Argentinian internationals, so there was a bit of quality in the team. 
Uh, and it, once again, we, we just got over the line, 29-6. Uh, and the Badger, again, was double in the corner. Uh, Godwin had a pretty nice, pretty nice uh, return to, after his injury last year. So continue on his, on his uh, form from last year. Uh, we also, beforehand, there was a bit of a doubleheader. So the, the Samoans backed up and played the Force A. So it was good to get the entire squad to, uh, to have a hit out. So all the leftovers from the, uh, the first team played, uh, played Samoa in the second one. And again, they, they, I think they had a pretty, pretty decent win, about 60-odd 60, 60 to, to uh, 12. I think the Samoans managed to get a few tries in that one. So, yeah, we've, uh, we've done a bit of recruiting in the off-season, as probably everyone knows. A few, few, few sappers have made the, the jump over. So we've got big Willem Steenkamp. Big uh, tight head locks, who he'll probably start this weekend alongside probably Waxy or, or Emmett or uh, Hugh McMenamin. Uh, and, then a, and then one to watch out is a Brainard Stander, I think. I can't really pronounce his last name. <laughs> <laughs> He's a young, young lock, uh, sorry, young flanker from the Sharks, about 110 kilos. They call him the Contact King. So wow. pretty much just imagine Pocock being able to do what Hooper does. I've, I've yeah. been watched him in the, in the first two trials, and I was amazed from what I saw. He's just he just knows where the ball is, and he breaks every, he breaks probably two or three tackles every time we score uh, every time he gets the ball. So a big number eight. So he's probably going to push uh, Ben McCowman. So I wouldn't be surprised later in the year if we saw Benny Mack uh, get off onto the side of the to the scrum, play number six with uh, Brainard being at the back. He had a nice uh, that in the first trial game against Samoa, a nice uh, fifteen meter off the back of the scrum over the try line, took about three Samoans with him. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking good over this side. Watch out, Tars. I've heard that Brainard's a quality player, so that's a great little um, uh, snare there, and I think he's one of the last guys signed, so it was a well-timed signing. So give me give us a bit of a heads-up. The two of the guys you mentioned there, guys who've come back from, from injury, and I guess from a Wallaby perspective we're very aware of is, is Godwin and um, McMinimum, who, who made, a, I guess, was an unexpected return to, to playing in that, that uh, A game. Uh, any reports on how they fared? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, McMenamin was supposed to be sort of round three or four, so I was pretty surprised on, uh, on Wednesday when they announced that he was ready to go, considering the week before that they, they had told us sort of round three or four. I think he only got about 40 minutes in, but by all reports, he, he got the cob, got, blew the cobwebs out and, and he, he came up unscathed, so, so mm. the, I... I wouldn't expect him to start this week. I, I would probably say he'd be eased in from the bench um, with, yeah, as I said, with Waxy and, and Steenkamp. Uh, Godwin, he just gets bigger and bigger, that bloke. He's, I saw him uh, at, the, at the, uh, the Samoa game, the first game, and his legs, I've never seen a human being with, with legs are just tree stumps. He, uh, first, first day back at pre-season, I think he, he got about a, it was a 21.5 on the yo-yo test. So first day back in, back in training, no, uh, no base, and I did some some look, research on that, and it was uh, better than uh, any of the All Blacks. I think Conrad Smith holds the record uh, for the yo-yo test, which is like a, a version of the beep test, I think. Uh, so God went off off base twenty one point five or something. So yeah, Conrad Smith, though, you know that's cheated. Come on, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way that's straight up. Jesus, he ran in from the side. Yeah, <laughs> um, mate. So who's who's bossing ten for the force then? Uh, well, we've got a couple of options. We've got, um, of course, C.S. Everson from last year. Um, so he, he's still kicking around. Hopefully less kicking is, is probably what he's doing. Um, and the big one, which would be my tip for the, uh, for the 10 this year, would be a local boy, 
uh, Zach Holmes. So he's travelled the long road. He's started off at the Force in the academy, made his way over to Sydney, played in the Shield over there, and got a, got a contract with the Brumbies. Uh, and then after a bit of time with them, he played eight or nine games with them when they when they had their bit of injuries, and, and, he, and he was pretty good off the bat, off when he when he got his shot. So he's made his way back to the, back to Perth, uh, and, and he's he's fitted in well. So him and uh, him and him and uh, Ian Pryor have a have a pretty good relationship as well. We made the made the trip over. Um, so yeah, I expect him. He's, he started in the first team in both trials. So I'd expect him to start at ten come uh, come the first game. So interestingly, just a bit of trivia: the Force. We all know that they've struggled with a with a ten over the years. If if Zach Holmes pulls on the ten this weekend, he'll be the twenty first player since two thousand and six to wear the number ten jersey for for, for the Force. So. A short history and a, and a sad history for the number ten jersey. We, we were trying to uh, get it changed. We were going to just make it a zero jersey or just something. <laughs> <laughs> Retire the number ten jersey. Yeah, absolutely. From the, it was a Pretorius, I think, pulled his hammy in his first uh, first uh, not even getting on the field, and we've just been on the back foot for years. Uh, we won't mention Willie Ripper here. Um, oh. That, what a great story that is, Zach Goodwin, uh, Godwin, sorry, uh, home-born, you know, Perth-raised uh, number 10 and, you know, sorry, Zach Holmes and you've got Godwin outside him who I know was born elsewhere but uh, came up through the ranks in Western Australia as well. Dane Hallett-Perry, um, further out, who's returned from France. Um, it's good to see the, the Western Australian rugby system um, producing some quality players. Really, yeah, Foley's made his, made his mark on that, that front, which, is, which a lot of people are very happy over here. So when he got here, there was only... Two WA players, which uh, Godwin and Longbottom, uh, and he's added this year. We've gone to a, to six, so you've got Longbottom and Godwin, obviously. Uh, Zach Holmes, uh, Dane Hallett Petty makes his way back from France, uh, along with um, who else? So we got Luke Burton and Ryan Lawrence, who were in the uh, in the uh, the EPS, and then also another two WA boys in the wider training group in Ollie Hoskins and Brad Lacey, both who were in the uh, under twenties last year, Australian under twenties. So yeah. Couldn't be happier. There's seven seven WA blokes in the in the uh, in the title. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, guys. What we're going to do now? I've heard. I'm not going to bother talking about to each of you about what your team's going to do this year because I know you're all just going to say that your team's going to win. The Tars going to do that. The Reds going to do that. The Brumbies going to do that. What I want now, we're going to call this um, uh, the bonus round. Let's go this go through this quickly. I want some your star for the year. Who's going to be your star? And I want an up-and-comer, people to watch for the uh, uninitiated from each of your teams. So let's uh, start with you, Stu, down the Rebels there. Who are we keeping an eye out for down there? Um, I want you guys to keep an eye out on our front row because basically all new and our scrum has turned into turned uh, from a liability into a real danger for opposition teams this year. So uh, some names to look out for. Pat, Pat Liafa, um, our hooker, he's been in the... Um, in the Rebel system for a few years now, and he's finally coming of age. He's um, uh, he's improved in spades. And two new recruits, Toby Smith, um, an Australian who's been playing with the Chiefs. He's won the, the won the championship with the Chiefs um, last year. Uh, now back in Australia and is doing all the right things. He should start either him or Weeks will start at tight head. And my up and comer for this year is Max Layef. From London Irish, I have never been more intimidated by someone's size when meeting them than I was when I met Max Layev. He is the biggest bloke I think I've ever seen. 
and has already broken most of the Melbourne Rebels gym records. So he's going to be a real danger to uh, to anyone facing him in a tackle this year. So Max Layoff. How do you go in the yo-yo test? <laughs> what was that, sir? How did he go in the yo-yo test? Oh, I haven't got results back yet. I don't think he's done that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> two, two or three round the worlds, rock the cradle. Yeah. Rock the um, cradle. Um, mate, Walk the dog. What position is he playing? Is he a lock, is he? So he is a, uh, a loose head lock. Okay. Loose head prop, isn't he? Loose head prop, sorry. Oh, prop. And, right. and is he is he Australian qualified? He is Australian qualified. So um, both Max Layef and Toby Smith um, are two Australian qualifi- uh, qualifier locks. Um, so I bet Ewan's got them in his sights for this year. Sensational. Sounds good. Okay, let's move north and uh, to Canberra. Steve, who you got, mate? Uh, well, this the squad this year is going to be pretty much the same as last year. There's a few few new guys. But you know, Scott Seo had a bit of an up-and-coming year last year to get picked in the uh, uh, Wallabies test. So he had four caps last year. So and, uh, he'll probably take over... Um, in the front row from Dan Palmer, who's gone off to France. Um, and he's got a good pedigree there. His old man has played for Samoa as well, so he's got good um, good, good genes there. Um, for an up-and-comer, from the trial f- footage or from what I've seen, uh, keep an eye on the Japanese guy we've got. He's um, Eddie Jones and Toto Kefu, who's his Kubota Spears coach, have... Uh, Good raps on this bloke. His name's Harumichi Tadakawa. So he, he turned up late in the uh, in the preseason. So he's still getting the hang of things. But from what I've seen in the in the trials, he can he's pretty good. Just keep an eye out for him. Sensational. That sounds a good one. Uh, we'll keep an eye out. Uh, I uh, doubt. What's the pronunciation of that? What's the pronunciation of that name again? BJ. I just need to get it down. It Harumichi Tadakawa. Harumichi Tadakawa. Okay. Oh, well done. Oh, well, 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 try. <laughs> it's it's a change from the South African names we've had from last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting my head around all um, that. Well, let's let's move over to you, Ben, over in Perth. What about you? Who are your ones to watch? Well, it must be the year of the Australian pop, I guess. So I'm I'm going to pick another one out. We've got young Celesi Manu, nicknamed the Silverback, weighs in at 122 kilos and 185 centimeters, holds all the records in the uh, in the gym and at the force here. Whopping bench press of two hundred and ten kilograms, so uh, that he he is a monster, and he is my pick to uh, to take the uh, the force number three jersey this year and make his mark. Uh, and for the star player, you can't go past. I'm going to put my sea of blue glasses on and uh, Godwin, Kyle Godwin, the Adonis. You can't go past him. <laughs> legs of le- tree tree stumps for legs. He'll get over the game line. Watch out, Kirtley Bill, this weekend. And I'm going to make a prediction now. He will be the Wallabies number twelve come France in uh, in Ooh. June or July. That's Ooh. my Love that's it. my tip. Love it, nice one. And so Celeste Manu, he's a tight head uh, uh, only. Well, he can play both sides. He's played both sides in the past, but um, from the trials, it looks as though Faulkner, uh, Tetra Faulkner, has made the move over to lose head, and he'll he'll draw, he'll draw uh, he'll join uh, Pet Cowan there. So it looks like they're using uh, Manu and Longbottom at the tight heads. So Excellent. Four, four props this year, so they'll all get game time, on two on the bench and two on the field. So Exactly. Good stuff. All right, Sully, which prop are you going to pick? I, I am going to pick a prop. Oh, uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you guys do this specifically for me for coming back now. All front rowers. Love it. Yeah, look, I'm going to mention Albert Alnay because uh, – Arnay, sorry. 
because uh, look, he plays all three positions in the front row. I think he's suited to the new uh, scrum and gaze uh, rulings, and he's just a bloody nice guy and a great footballer. <laughs> um, I like to mention Jake Schatz. I reckon he's going to step up again another level this year, and I reckon Nick Styles is going to have. Uh, our Ford pack humming like they haven't hummed in years. So that's pretty scary for the rest of you guys, I reckon. Uh, in the backs, if Aiden Tour can keep fit, I reckon he's going to be a standout. Um, and I think Mike Harris is going to have a pretty good year. Mr. Yep. Reliable. Yep. From all reports, his trial form's been first class. So, All right, Sully, thanks for that. Hugh, what's happening at the TARS, mate? Who's going to do the goods? Save the best to last. Well, I'm not going to prop for the up-and-comer, but I'm I'm close. I'm taking a hooker. Uh, Tolu Latu holds the record for the shortest name in the squad, and uh, he is going to be getting plenty of game time as a reserve hooker because Tatar Fipolota now. (laughs) uh, Longevity is not a word you usually associate with him. So he's going to be getting plenty of time. He's a Sydney Uni prospect, which... Uh, he's one of only 23 Sydney Uni prospects we've got coming out for us this week. Um, but he's certainly impressed in the shoot shield in the last uh, year or so, and he's really burst onto the scene quite quickly. And uh, by all accounts, his trial form was very good, and uh, specifically his throwing is, is, I'm told, is fairly reliable, but we'll believe that when we see it. Uh, so he's my one to watch. Uh, in terms of the this year, the bloke that I think is going to have a big year is Will Skelton. Uh, really sort of broke into the Waratahs at the latter half of 2013 and showed against the Lions and against... Well, this is a this is a Reds conspiracy here. Yes, exactly. That's enough. We'll have to cut Hugh out of it. Makes or up for we'll... the team of the week. Did... <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone see that picture of Will Skelton's little brother? Yeah. <laughs> yes. On our Facebook page, if anyone missed it, um, this 13-year-old little brother who is, looks bigger than Will, it's amazing. Yeah. He was towering over Tyler Gray, who's six foot four, I'm told. So, that, And that's in the picture. So it gives you an idea how big this kid is. He's, what, 13? Yep. Yeah, 13 years old. God, can you imagine the food bill at the skeleton? <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, Gags, we'll give you the opportunity to fill out. Do, do you have anyone of note at the Waratahs or otherwise that you think is uh, going to stand up to be counted this year? Oh, jeez. Well, there's some guy playing fullback at the Waratahs, I think. Um, he might do all right. He's only, it's only his second year back from league. <laughs> but um, he's, he's learning the ropes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how um, he gets on, um, Mr. Falau. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I'm going with the wisdom of, of the crowd here. I think it was great to hear. It was great to hear so many props coming through in a country yeah. where apparently where we're destitute. Remarkable, absolutely. Or we'll, we'll tight, tight forwards uh, across the board. But the other one is from the Waratahs, as it was mentioned before by Hugh, is a loafer, a loafer who has come out of nowhere somewhat and uh, torn up the trial form, scoring that great try, but also um, proving very elusive all over. And he's one player I know I'm very much looking forward to seeing on the field uh, and seeing if he can step up when the real stuff starts. Oh, hang on. But just before I – can I grab back the conch for a second there, which is if there if there is a guy – and I'm saying that – and Foley, Bernard Foley. I'm going to be fascinated to see what he can do this year. I think we – you forget where he came from. At the beginning of last year, he was kind of being mucked around at fullback. Um, and by the end of it, you know, he'd made the wall- – you know, he'd, he'd made the Wallabies really as a, as a potential – um, number 10. So I think it's going to be fascinating to see what, what he can do. Obviously, there's the whole thing with Beal. 
Um, but from what I've heard, most people are saying I think Foley's standing up pretty well at 10. So if he gets a good run, it's going to be fascinating to see what he can turn into. Yep, no, I'm with that, absolutely. All right, another quick they, round. Of, sorry, go on. Sorry, mate. They've, they've named him at 10 this week and Beal's at 12, so he's, he's won the, first, uh, the yeah. first round. There you go. Absolutely. Another quick round the table here before we start looking ahead at the uh, this weekend's games. I want to know, we all know your team's going to win, but let me know what's your concern for your team. What's what's that one little thing that you think might hold them back? What's going to be the stumbling block for them? Sully, I'm going to go straight for you and the Reds. What do you reckon is going to hold us back, mate? Uh, well, any time we play the Brumbies, it's a horror story, isn't it? I mean, what have, we played them 11 times and won twice. Um and I don't know what it is. It's just something about the Brumbies that shuts down our game, I guess. So my concern is that the Brumbies' defence will will just shut shut us down and we won't score any tries. Yeah, it's a tough start to the season for the Reds. Brumbies and Waratahs away. Um, yeah. Benny over in Perth, mate. What about the Force? Yeah, mate. Well, Force are a very slow starters, I guess. We've never, never won the first game of the year. Uh, we've never also won... The first game at home of the year, so it doesn't bode well. Looks like uh, we could be 0-2 before the, before the season's underway. So we've got the Tars this weekend, so hopefully we'll be able to get up there. And, and, then, uh, and then the Brumbies at home, followed by the Rebels. So it could be a, a big, uh, it could be a already, season already over at 0-3. So hopefully they can turn that around. Uh, also, um, our ability to close out matches. I had a look at all the, the games last year. Nine times we were ahead at half-time. And we only got four wins and a draw. So if you make, if you turn all those those uh, those leads into wins, that's nine wins for the season, and that puts you in at seventh, pushing for a final spot. So hopefully, Foles and the boys have been working on their mental mental capacity and their their ability to finish up off the games. And uh, hopefully, we can uh, be ahead at the end of the game as well as at halftime this year and uh, get a few more wins. Mate, I, I can actually tell you what your stumbling block is going to be is when you lose your your two number tens. Mate, we've got another number ten. We've another South South African boy in the in the uh, Dylan Dylan. Uh, I think his name is uh, Dylan somebody. I don't okay. know. So they've they've, learned, they've got them lined up. They're five deep. Oh, now. absolutely, absolutely. We've got them coming, mate. Don't worry. All right, good. So, Stu, down to you. Similar issues with the Rebels previously in their ability to close out games after taking the lead. Is that your concern this year? You've got something else on your mind? Oh. Uh, my concern is that eventually the novelty of winning every game is going to wear off. <laughs> um, uh, you know, right right now it's you know, being undefeated is great, and um, you know it's all peaches and cream. But eventually, you know, you're going to need more. Um, yeah, the, the boredom but, sets in, mate, doesn't it? Yeah, the boredom sets in. Um, yeah, it's hard being great. But my main concern, you're right, is uh, is defence. Um, I think the the trial games have shown that it's improving, uh, but we're still vulnerable, especially in um, uh, um, when the ball's free. So you know when um, when the attacking team is running with it and sending it wide, uh, I still think that's a vulnerability for us. Uh, form on the road still haven't won when we've used our passport. Uh, we need to do that this year. That's just a non-negotiable. Um, I think also our uh, our draw is a bit tough in the first few weeks. So we've got the Cheetahs at home to start with. Um, should be an interesting game. I'll uh, be interested to see how they go um, this week against the Bulls. But then we've got the Force. Should win that. 
Um, <laughs> Rebels uh, against the Crusaders at Amy Park, then the Waratahs uh, away, and then the Brumbies at home before going to New Zealand. So, I mean, we bet we uh, if we don't keep this amazing run going, we may be in the same position uh, as the Force in that uh, you know our our season may be decided quicker than we hope. That's a tough start of the season, but to be fair, it's a bloody tough competition. They're all everyone's got a hard hard run in at the start of the season. Um, you look across the board, we're all going to be doing it tough. So it's the quality of the Super Rugby season. That's why we love it so much, and it's why we're looking forward to it. It's starting in proper this weekend. Um, Steve, what about the Brumbies, mate? What's your concerns? Uh, there's a couple of concerns for for me. Um, obviously, losing Jake White from last year. Can can the Brumbies keep that momentum going? Of being able to just grind teams down, or will there be a new expansive game plan under uh, Bernie Larkham, who we all know can can ignite a backline and hopefully can get that message across to um, to Moore and the other boys in the backline there. Um, the other area that concerns me though is uh, if we cop an injury, a serious injury, and I hate to say it, after what happened last year, it was just a stroke of good fortune that um, George Smith just happened to be available and wanted to come and play a few games for us. And when uh, Poey went down, it just it was like a seamless transition. And uh, But on this year, there will be no such um, such luck being able to get on the phone to wherever he ends up. Apparently, he's going to France for George Smith, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, if, if we lose any of those guys, because with Fotu already out for 10 to 12 weeks, um, you know, there is... There are guys that can do it, but can they? They're, they're mostly can be new guys. Um, like Jared Butler, takes a little while to, to adjust to the new game plan. We, we need, he probably can do it, but we need to see that he that he can. Um, so a back a back row injury is my big concern. Yeah, and justifiably so. Um, Gags, why don't you take us through the Tars, mate? Have you got anything that's uh that's worrying you for season two fourteen. Well, actually, I, I think Hugh's back, mate. You can't you can't silence him that easily, so, Hugh. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long year for you, Roberts. If this is going to happen, <laughs> time, oh, which, is that the mute button again? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Tars. There's a few things to be worried about. The main one for me is injuries, especially in the forward pack. Uh, Tatafu Palotta now, uh, Wycliffe Palu, uh, Dave Dennis. Uh, Benny Robbo, these guys are get, probably getting on in years and do have pretty lengthy injury histories. And our depth to cover those positions isn't great, especially at hooker and at number eight. So that I think if we can keep that engine room going, uh, I think we'll be okay. We've got plenty of depth in the backs. Although if Israel Folau gets injured, I think we're, we'll be in trouble. And the notoriously fickle Sydney crowds uh, might desert us. And I, I will, on that point, like to mention tonight, that Sydney FC have just held a fan forum Ooh. to discuss the Ooh. issues in their club. So shows you that it's... Uh, exactly. I think it's just a Sydney thing, apparently, uh, is that what you do in times of crisis. So there you go. Therapy. Interesting stuff. All right. So that's the macro, everyone. That's season 2014. We're going to narrow in uh, now and look at our upcoming weekend. Stu... Rebels got the buy this weekend, so you're going to get an early march, mate. You don't have to hang around. I know you're busy off screen printing your Champions 2014 T-shirt, so I'm going to uh, let you get back to that. It's, it's a very complicated design, but thank you for having me, guys. Um, I will see you in the winner's circle. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. We'll catch you soon. Cheers, lads. For the rest of you, let's. Well, we're not going to hark on last week. Obviously, Super Rugby started last week with the uh, a couple of South African games. Uh, the 
cheetahs going down the lines and somewhat of a surprise, 21-20. Um, and the Sharks doing a number on the Bulls, I think it was 31-10. to 10. Um, Let's not bother going into that. But let's look to round two, which is when all the action starts. It's a, a full round. Obviously, we talked about the Rebels have the bye. Crusaders are taking on the Chiefs, which is the first game on Friday. That'll be an absolute cracker. The Cheetahs are backing up against the Bulls, so that'll be their challenge, whether they can back up from their loss. Uh, the Highlanders are taking on the Blues um, in Dunedin. Uh, the Sharks are taking on the Hurricanes over in Durban. Lions are taking on the Stormers in Ellis Park. But the two games we're most uh, interested in, uh, the Brumbies and the Reds and the Waratahs and the Force. We're going to start with the first game, Brumbies versus the Reds. Brumbies, obviously, the conference champions last year. Uh, Reds um, champions at 2.11. We'll hold on to that for a few more years before it becomes redundant. Um, but uh, let's start with, you know, I'm going to go independent gags. What do you think about this game? What's your feeling as to how this one's shaping up? Well, it's a toughie because obviously with the Brumbies having kept their powder dry um, uh, without having really shown us too much with these trials, uh, how much can you read into trials anyway? Yeah, I think the Brumbies are probably going to have the wood on, on the Reds. Um, I think... Sully hasn't admitted it, but I think there's a few question marks that have popped out of some of these trials. Um, so it's going to be interesting. If the Brumbies can turn the knife, if I had to put my money down without any form so far this year, I'd go that way. All right, Sully, this is your chance, mate. What do you say against that? I assume you're, you disagree? Uh, I disagree, but I'm worried. Um, yeah. Again, I, 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 any time we go to Canberra, there's troubles for the Reds. But... Uh, I disagree. Our form trials, our trial form has been pretty good, I think, except for that last game. Well, I suppose we only had two trials, so that's 50, <laughs> 50%. But um, but there's some good signs coming out of the Reds. And, yes, there are worrying things, like we've got a new forwards coach and a new backs coach and basically a new heads co- head coach, even though he was head coach last year. Um, but we know that uh, the Reds have got a great spine. They've got, you know, a slipper in the front row, Hall and Simmons in the second. They've got a great, great uh, back row of, as uh, Lee Grant calls them, nodders, six, seven, eights, who, who don't really play one position. Uh, the best halves combination in the in the country. Um, you know, the only question marks are on the outside backs, and there's some good guys out there just waiting to step up. So we can take the we can take the Brumbies in Canberra. Can I just? And I think they think they'll be worried. I mean, I'll add in there. I think it's going to be fascinating to see some of the body language from those Reds guys. So you know, you talked about the spine there, Sully. Um, you know, the you know Kev Hall, Will, uh, Will Gagne, um, You know, and and then also some guy Quade Cooper. You know, to see whether those guys can really lift. Because I think, I mean, Cooper aside, I think especially Gagne and Horwell towards the end of last season, they looked pretty jaded to me. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see. Are they refreshed? Are they ready to come out and play again? They could well be. I don't know. So um, if they can, then uh, yeah, I think they've you know that's their best chance. But if you know if it's looking a bit more of the same, it could be a long season. Yeah, well we've got a tough start as well. Mm. You know we've got um, Brumbies first up. Uh, is it Waratahs second? Yep. Yeah. So then the team Warren... is we head to South Africa. Yeah. So there. Yeah. Then the Sharks. Sharks on the fourth week. Mm. So. Uh, it's a tough start for for everyone in the Australian Conference by the looks of it. So, Stevie, how are you feeling, mate? How are you think you got the right uh, lead up to this game that you needed? I I think you mentioned somewhere that you had the feeling that this last trial versus uh, uh, an ACT 15 was a chance for the team to sort of almost go behind doors for a little while, try a few things out away from the prying eyes of the Reds. 
Yeah, I think the red the Reds and Brumbies games is pretty much almost overtaken the Brumbies Waratahs games in recent years, and obviously with the games last year, uh, I think the first match blew out towards the end. It was pretty close there for one stage, and obviously the draw in Brisbane last year. So whenever we play the Reds now, it's a, a bit more concerned. Um, and this game doesn't, doesn't is is no different. And with Quade Cooper, I don't think he was ever going to not play. Uh, but I think having him there will always create a bit of doubt and concern for any sort of defensive um, pattern. And Brumbies have got a new defence coach this year, so there's a new new um, thing to look at for him. So uh, obviously I'm confident we're going to win, and it's at home, and it's not going to be minus two like people always suggest. It'll be you know, quite balmy, not, not Queensland-like, but it'll be reasonable enough, and hopefully there's a... Uh, the rain stays away and we can get a, a fast track and we can see some ex- exciting backline play. So do we get a feeling that's going to be the case? It's not going to be another old-fashioned local derby that's just a, a, a battle of the forwards and kicking for position and so on? Do we think both teams are going to run it here? Well, I'd like to think so, but being that the first game as well, you know, there'll be a few uh, ducks and drakes who are not going to show their hand too much too early, I, I wouldn't assume. And we, it could turn into one of those kick fests, which you know the, the fans always love to see. And we, uh, but you know we don't make the game plan. We'll wait and see what um, the both coaches come up with on Saturday night. And the, yeah. the Reds are talking about scoring tries this season, so they obviously have a plan to to run the ball. But you know whether that becomes a reality or not, you never know. I could be proven wrong here, but I think that's exactly what they'll do, Sully. I think they'll. They'll stretch it wide from the start this season, um, and if anything, if they feel they have to adjust, they'll they'll reel it in towards the end of the, the middle of the season as appropriate if it's not successful. But I reckon Richard Graham's got them playing a, an expansive game, and, and and that's what they're going to be aiming to do. So I'd be surprised if they if we saw a lot of kicking from the Reds last year, and indeed we saw it in 2011. But I'd be surprised if we see that much kicking this year. I think there'll be a lot of ball in hand, a lot of wit to this game this year. So. I'll be interested to see if I'm proven wrong, but that's what I hope and that's what I expect. Um, what about uh, key positions? Uh, a few guys coming back. Kurandrani back for this game, Steve? Are you expected to see him in the centres? Yeah. Uh, well, he's Kurandrani obviously was suspended in the end of season Wallabies Tour last year, so he hasn't played in any of the trials, so he will be coming in in cold. So uh, he's likely to, to start at 13. Uh, there's a bit of doubt he's going to start at 12. Obviously, Pat McCabe, uh, he's had his issues with a second broken neck and he hasn't played since June. He did play in the trials, though. Um, in the first game, he did get um, a head knock and they held him back for the second trial, but he did play in the third one. So there is uh, – you could, un- you could obviously understand if there's a little bit of doubt there and there is talk that he may not start at 12 this weekend and Andrew Smith will could possibly take the 12 jersey um, and not – Smith and Kurandrani have played in the centres before uh, in that Lions match last year, which the Brumbies won. Yeah, that was a good combat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Plenty of size. And, and I guess centres are probably the the main question mark over the Reds team as well. Sully, you'd think what sort of format they're going to go there? Is it Harris and uh, Chris F. Satua? Is it uh, Benny Taps, Anthony Fainga? Who, who's going to get a run there? What, any feelings your way? Um, it's it's a toss-up, isn't it? Uh, I don't think Ant Fanga is quite 
ready yet, so I'm expecting him not to start. Um, I think Ben Tapawai's head's in a good place. I'd like to see him play, whether it's at 12 or 13, I'm not sure. And again, Mike Harris is, uh, is in all accounts in great form, so I'm expecting to see Mike at 12 and uh, Ben Tapawai at 13. And uh, Chris F. Satia, I'm not sure. He might be up for a wing spot, I think. Okay, well, teams will be named probably over the next 24 hours, possibly even before this podcast hits the floor. So um, we look forward to taking it from there. Let's go quickly without knowing the teams. Um, Matt, you're tipping the Brumbies, I expect. Uh, out of those two, yeah. Yep, oh, out of those two, the two that are playing. Hugh, yeah. what about yourself? Um, you I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have to go with the Brumbies too. Home advantage too much. Fortress Canberra. Yeah, yeah. Ben, what about you out west, mate? What are your feelings? Yeah, Brumbies for me. Uh, I think they'll be too good at home. All right, I'm not going to ask you guys. I know where your money is. Uh, so let's move <laughs> on to the next game and we'll have a look at um, Waratahs v. Force. So a Sunday afternoon game. Um, over uh, Down in Sydney. A Sydney game. Sorry, I thought this was over in uh, Perth. So... Great. Sunday afternoon footy in Sydney. It's a fantastic experience, isn't it? Everyone loves getting out there in the afternoon. Hugh, what's your feelings, mate? Uh, the team was named today. Yep, fantastic-looking side from the Waratahs. Uh, can't wait for Sunday. should be a sunny day, big crowd in Sydney. Um, great atmosphere for the first game of the season. Uh, in terms of the Waratahs team, pretty much as expected. Probably the only surprise was seeing Kurt Beal start at 12. Uh we would have thought that uh, maybe Rob Horn would get the okay there and Kurtley Beale would start on the bench. Justice but for Horn. Once again, Rob Horn is left at the altar in at the selection table and has to sit on the bench. Shame. What a shame. But nonetheless, still a, a very good-looking side. Uh, reserve bench, very solid. Almost everyone on deck, and which is all you can ask for the first game of the season. Uh, Sunday Arvo, footy. Last time these two teams met at the same time, same place, uh, the Force actually gave us a bit of a run for our money. We started strongly, and then the Force pegged us back and almost got us in the end. So I think this game's going to be a, a little bit closer than everyone thinks, and, and I think the Tars will get over the line. But I certainly think the Force, they, they're operating under the radar over in the West, and I, I think they're going to surprise a few people. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, Hugh. I've got that feeling about the force as well. But just quickly on that Waratahs team, interesting to see Paddy Ryan get the jump on Sakopi Kepu in that tight head jersey. Yeah, that's um, the other interesting call, especially considering Kepu's form on the end of year tour. But uh, Czech, is, Czech has form for playing uh, a bit of uh, musical chairs with the front row early in the season. Remember last year he started Jeremy Tilson the first game ahead of Ben Robinson. So uh, I think as the season goes on, we'll see uh, Kepu... And Ryan rotated a fair bit. Yeah, and the only other comment I'd make there, and it's not confirmed yet, I think they're still deciding, but Stephen Hoyle's potentially on the bench. He's, he's bracketed there with Pat McCutcheon, but what a story is Steve Hoyle's to come back playing after some significant injuries. It'll be fantastic to see him back running on uh, in a Waratah jersey um, down there in Sydney. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. He, he's looked like he's overcome about three or four different seasoning-ending injuries. He's got his chance with the Tars. Probably a bit fortunate with the injury to Mitchell Chapman that it's probably bumped him into the frame. But, for, you know, these things happen and uh, he's got the... It looks like he might get the nod uh, this week. And certainly, if he doesn't get this week, you'd expect him to play throughout the season because it's a long season and obviously those fringe players certainly get their chance. How old is Stephen Hoyles? 
Uh, I think he's approaching 44. 45, <laughs> I think, I think he, him and Radiki, he's about the same class as Radiki. Yeah, yeah, so okay. Good. Okay. That's great. Um, so what about Ben from the uh, over there in Perth? You've, you've given us a bit of a heads up on what you think. You've already made the call that Godwin's going to be all over Beal. Um, what, uh, how do you see this game playing out? And I might just add that Coyles is 32, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the force, uh, the force should have their team list probably out five minutes before uh, kickoff, <laughs> going uh, going on hush yes for them. But uh, uh, probably uh, looking at the Waratahs team uh, team that's been named, uh, only uh, thirteen start thirteen Wallabies in the starting fifteen, and uh, and another three on the bench. So I'm I'm tipping the force they're going to get the win here. Uh, <laughs> in realistic, it's it's hard to tell where where we sit really. Um, the, the trial form has been good, but it's been against admittedly below the standard opposition. So uh, I guess this will be our first real hit out of the season, and, and it'll be interesting to see how some of the new com- uh, combinations work with Albie and, and Holmes and, and Holmes and Godwin, uh, and then adding in players like Morahan and uh, and some of the big forwards like Steenkamp. Uh, during the trials, there was a lot of inter- interplay between uh, Godwin, Morahan, and Cummins. Um, so I'd expect them to target that 10-12 channel, which uh, which with Foley and, and Bill there would be tested. Uh, we all know Bill's a, a, a world-class fullback, but can he, uh, can he step up to the number 12? It's a completely different de- defensive uh, position, much like, like 13. It's, it's coming from everywhere. So uh, we'll see how they go there. And uh, I, I, as, you, as always, the force have a plethora of back rowers, uh, Hod- Hodgson and McCalman, Orcock, Cottrell's. Brainard, all these, all these back rowers. So I, I expect them to target target that that area as normal with with a Foley sort of coach team. Uh, one thing which is with with that they'll target especially in in the their own half because the Waratahs don't really have a probably a notable reliable goal kicker. They've got Beal and, and Foley who are good sort of within the twenty two and outside of that they they sort of struggle. They they can kick it no doubt, but they they aren't notable kickers from from those distances. So I guess. Between the sort of twenty and, and halfway, they'll 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 pressure as much as possible and push the envelope as far as they can and see what they can get away with. So it'll be interesting to see how we go, and uh, and, I, and I can't can't wait. Super rugby starts, and uh, it's been too long. Exactly right. The other, I guess, uh, hasn't been commented on much is, the, and we saw it last year, but the sort of unspoken battle between Foley and his extreme. I'm sure Michael's still pretty keen to get one over on the Tars. Um, you know, it was still a bit dirty how things ended there. And I, looking at that Waratah forward pack, and, and it is all quality, obviously, all Wallabies bar uh, Will Skelton. I think the, if the force man up, and I think they've got a very physical pack, um, they've got the ability to, to, to surprise this Waratah pack. And if they do that early and, and rough them up a little bit, who knows what could happen with that with that force team. I, I, I think they've got plenty of potential to make a few surprises like this season, as Hugh said. So uh, this will be a great game to watch. And, and as we've said, Arvo football is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You saw what they did to the, the Reds last year at both the, uh, the game in Queensland and in Perth. They just targeted that breakdown and, and the Reds forwards didn't know what to do. And, and there was blown off everywhere. And, and they got the win in Brisbane and, and unlucky a, a try in the last sort of five, six minutes to uh, F. Sortia in the corner there, which, which got, the, got the draw for them. So let's hope they, uh, they, they, they continue on the same again. Yeah, I've wiped those two games from my memory. Sorry. Um, <laughs> let's. Um, there's only. Uh, there's not many impartial ones here. Sully, what do you think? How do you see this game panning out? Oh, look, 
I uh, haven't seen anything of the uh, force this year, um, but I can't go past the Tards, mate. Uh, too big, too strong. It's the year of the Tar, 2104. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. Believe. Yeah. Um, blessed. Uh, Steve, what about you, mate? I'm looking at that team sheet and thinking that's very impressive for the Tars and I can't go past them. But if it does rain, you never know, the force might be able to uh, spring a surprise. Yep, yep. Well, I'm with you. I think it's across the board other than you. Sorry, Ben. I, uh, I picked the Tars, but I think the force have a chance to put them off their game early. But the, the Tars, they do start the season generally well. So should be fantastic. That's our first uh, podcast of the year. That's round two. Matt, do you want to go over some of the hot topics quickly uh, for that's come up so far this season? There's a fair bit going on. Uh, yeah, mate. So I think probably uh, the big one that uh, dropped out was about the ARU putting on what looks like a tax to the uh, to the junior clubs. Um, I think it was, was it two hundred bucks a club. Two hundred bucks uh, per team. Per team, sorry. So if you've got a bunch of teams, that's right. Because there was uh, was it was it brothers. Was it a couple of Queensland clubs got you know got and getting bills of like twenty thousand bucks. Yeah, well, there, there's a few up here, but Jeeps who uh, have just combined their senior and junior club would have a bill in excess of around 25 grand and there's others like brothers and east who won't be too far behind you're talking junior clubs of a thousand kids so you've worked it out how many teams and and pretty decent senior clubs too but it's all it's all um relative i mean i talk my local club taylor bridge has nowhere near that but six thousand bucks for us is a lot so um, it's, well, a, it's a massive situation. Well, these are places that are surviving on sausage sizzles, mate. So that's a lot of a lot of sausages to sell um, for that sort of money. So, yeah, I think that's one of those things. And what was interesting, though, was when this kind of broke, then the New South Wales Rugby Union came out and said, um, you know, people need to get their facts straight. Uh, we're not all we're not going to get charged all this because we've managed to negotiate um, an insurance break. So that, you know, most of their clubs, uh, you know, for the money they're losing on this charge, they're actually getting back off their insurance. Um, but I'm not sure that how well that goes down in Queensland. So anyway. Well, the in- interesting thing there, Matt, is actually the ARU, again, as many things in rugby in Australia, is it's a bit of a shared situation. So Australian rugby has worked on that insurance scheme for some time. And the insurance over the last oh, look decade has actually been pretty damn affordable. Now, every now and again, you can go up and get a, get better prices, but the ARU have worked hard on keeping that insurance down, and I think they may have decreased this year, but it may have even decreased last year, to be honest. We don't, still, well, clubs don't have a final figure on that yet. Um, we feel it might be a bit, be a bit of a smokescreen there that's not um, entirely going to cover the... Uh, the 200 bucks by any means. So, yeah, so there's that going on. So that was all interesting. And obviously when you kind of weigh up how much they think that's actually going to make, which I, the only number I've seen floating around is they reckon it's going to make in the region of $800,000. And you, and you think back to a, cert, a payout that a certain John O'Neill got uh, when he left the ARU in a situation where by his own admission this week, um, he came out in a couple of articles where he said he was going around telling everybody how much trouble they were going to be in. Um, and yet he still took a $2 million payout um, as he left. So $2 million bucks versus 800000 you have to tax all these junior clubs. Bit of an interesting situation. But at the same time then, what's been really interesting is John O'Neill has been very quiet for a long time. He's kind of just let Bill Pulver get on and do his thing. He's popped up twice now. Um, in an article on the, in the AFR, uh, Australian Financial Review, he came out and um, actually reminded everybody that he's got a non-disparagement clause 
between him and the ARU, which goes both ways. So uh, it's, I find it fascinating that he felt he needed to go into the, uh, into the press and say, hey, guys, just remember you can't say nasty things about me and I can't say nasty things about you, um, which is very, very interesting. And then just a day later, he uh, is quoted in The Australian saying, look how good the, the uh, Auckland Nines were for league. I think we need to learn something in, uh, for seven. So it's very interesting that he's popped up twice. Um, in, the, in the last little while, firing kind of warning shots um, at different people. So I wonder if there's something going on behind the scenes. That is very interesting. We should mention the, the Echo Entertainment share value at the moment too might be playing a factor in that as well. But um, <laughs> that is uh, very interesting. I hadn't seen those articles. But, yeah, there's Jono always had a reason to uh, make himself heard. So there's obviously something going on there. Yeah, so I don't know if someone, uh, who knows, this is complete speculation. You know, has someone given him a nudge and said, hey, that two million is looking pretty good now? Um, is he getting a bit peeved that Bill Pulver's been going around saying, hey, we're broke um, yep. and we got left in this way? Um, so does John feel he needs to kind of clear the air here somehow? Although I'm not really sure how he does that because he was in charge of the whole time. So that's going to be a good way for to do that. But anyway, that's a bit of fascinating sort of behind the scenes, but also a little bit worrying, really, when you think about, you know, the sort of whole rugby leading into if it needs to start, you know, taxing the junior clubs, which a lot of people would say it ignored for so long. Yeah, absolutely. It's scary stuff, and there's a lot going on at the moment, and maybe it's something that will we'll evolve and start discussing at our next couple of podcasts because we've also got the NRC to talk about. Um, we've got um, this potential merger of administration between the Waratahs and Reds and Rebels, which is a fascinating development. Yeah. So it's exciting times or, or fearful times in rugby union at the moment, but regardless, things are happening. It's going to be a massive year for, for rugby in Australia, almost make or break it, think. So... Uh, that's all the stories that Green and Gold Rugby will cover over the ensuing weeks and months, be it on the blog or uh, through this podcast. Yep. Um, but with that, we might wrap it up, I think. You know, we've been here for an hour 20. I think that's probably enough for everyone to listen to our voices. Just one um, thing, just before you yeah, wrap up, Reg, just, I was just going to say, just remember that if you haven't done the, your tipping in fantasy to, to get on board, especially in tipping, everyone stuffed up last week. Um, so you've really not missed out. So go to the go to the site. You'll see it in the sidebar. All the information of where you need to join up. Fantastic prizes this year. We're teaming up with the ARU. You can win you and your mates half a box um, at the first Bledisloe, and they'll fly you there down in Sydney as well. So um, it's really worth getting into. So yeah, get get stuck into that. Is all I was going to say. It's not too yeah. much. Fantastic stuff. So that's right there in the front page, guys. Get amongst it. Uh, it's been great having you here, Matt, Hugh, Sully. Ben, Steve, and Stu, if you're still listening. Thanks for your input tonight, guys. You enjoy that first one of the season? Nice hit. Yeah, good. Hey, good time, yeah, guys. Well, we'll just keep taking it one podcast at a time and, and keep our playing what's in front of us. Thanks for everyone for joining in, and we'll speak to you next week. See you, guys.